Well, I finally, finally found out what this was. What? <laughs> That's all I can say is Gretchen found out what this is. For decades, people have been asking, what's this? And then they answer, what's that? But I've always just said, what's this? I didn't know what that was, but now I know what this is. Now you know. Now you know what this is. It's Sandy Claus. <laughs> Perfect. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Richard. Welcome to Daily Chit Chat. Join us every weekday as we talk about what's streaming, what we're loving, where we're going, and maybe some obscure references. Let's Let's chit chat. -chat. So I want to ask you something up front, if I may. Okay. Um, was it too scary? No. Okay. But you are holding scissors in your hand right now, and that is making me... <laughs> well... And they're open! You don't even have closed scissors. Now, oh my gosh, everybody listening, Richard is opening and closing scissors. Did I watch the wrong Tim Burton movie? <laughs> well, you have to think of my imagery. Tim, Tim Burton's the Nightmare Before Christmas, what was his famous first film that made him famous? Frankenweenie. No, well, okay. Gotcha! <laughs> you did get me. <laughs> Edward, Edward Scissorhands, though. <laughs> did you bring those scissors into your recording studio just for this bit? Yeah. Did it, was it worth it? Um, sure. Okay, fine. It was worth the effort. It was worth the effort. <laughs> so it wasn't too scary for you, though. I'm glad. No, no, it wasn't scary at all. And I've seen Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, that I. Is that like a dark comedy though, or is that like supposed to be a scary movie? Dark comedy is probably a good way of putting it. I've also seen Beetlejuice. I would say same level of comedy and darkness for both of those. True. Yeah, it's an aesthetic. It's a, it's definitely a very Tim Burton imagination. Although now you also know behind the scenes information that the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas doesn't get any of the credit because they promoted Tim Burton above the title card, <laughs> above the actual movie title and above who directed it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even write down that guy's name. I'm Sorry to that man. I don't know who that man is. Um, and I I was, when I was watching the, or when I was refreshing and watching The Nightmare Before Christmas again for this podcast, um, I had also watched a couple of like little YouTube videos just to see if there was any interesting things that we could add to the podcast. And someone said, oh, this is the voice who did the voice of Jack, but he couldn't sing, so they got Danny Elfman to do the music. I'm like, excuse you, that's exactly the opposite of what happened. Yeah, check your sources, person. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Also, there is a little animation, um, you know, in the stop motion animation, there's a, a point where Jack is walking by this street band and they're playing instruments. Apparently in like the cello, there's a head of Danny Elfman in there. And I thought, oh, I wouldn't have noticed that unless someone pointed it out. So it was kind of an Easter egg. 
I did not pick up on that with my first and only viewing of the nightmare before Christmas. Yeah. Am I the last person left who hasn't watched the nightmare before Christmas? Um, like if we're hedging our bets, you're probably one of the few that has just watched it. I think there's really not many left now. Hop on Twitter, people, and uh, let us know at Daily Chit Chat underscore if you also have not watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. I will also accept anybody who watched it for the first time this holiday season. I'll take any yeah that, any that first count. time viewers within uh, let's say from from I'm gonna say from this Halloween to present Halloween 2020 to present. The reason why I say that is because. So you watch this on Disney Plus. I don't know if you can watch it other places, but if you have Disney Plus, you can watch it. I had to scroll past the Santa Claus 3 to get to it being featured under the holiday favorites or whatever they're calling it. You know, Disney has like things categorized and I had to scroll past the Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3. I think I also had to scroll past Home Alone 1, 2, and 3 under holiday movies i mean they say holiday movies they mean christmas movies oh my and um that but then after i watched it guess what disney plus wanted me to watch next halloween movies halloween town oh well it was that was one of them it was like now that you've watched the nightmare before christmas oh wow watch hocus pocus watch halloween town it it had halloween movie suggestions for me So that's the age-old question, I would say, is a lot of people around Halloween and around December, or December-ween, if you will, um, they'll watch this film. But does it have a true home? Because aesthetically, it is two movies put together. Um, Tim Burton said in an interview way back when, the reason this idea even sparked in his head was he was at a retail store that was clearing out their Halloween gear and moving straight to their Christmas um, stock. And the juxtaposition of watching creepy ghouls and Santa Claus things sparked this idea, which now is a problem when you're watching the movie. Do you watch it at Halloween? Do you watch it at Christmas time? Because you only get to watch it one day a year. You have to pick. Yeah, we don't want to overdo it. Um, By the way, the director of this film is Henry Selick. I didn't want to not say Thank that. Thank you. And then the, you're welcome. The the vocal actor who played Jack, not the singer, is Chris Sarandon. Sarandon? Sarandon? Oh, why can't I say his name? Richard, you beautiful fool. It's Sarandon. The first <laughs> husband of Susan Sarandon. Oh my gosh, why can't I read Sarandon? I'm like, only girls. You're that- having a Chinooka moment right now, my friend. So he is a Sarandon who gave Susan her name, apparently. Do you not know who he is? Have you not watched The the Princess Princess Bride? Bride. (laughs) He's in The Princess Bride. No, I know who he is. But I did not know how to pronounce his last name. But he is not the original actor of the whole character of Jack Skellington. We know it's Danny Elfman. And then Danny Elfman couldn't get the acting quite right. So that's why they brought Chris Sarandon in to finish it up. But I also forgot that Catherine O'Hara was Sally. That was what I 
remembered when I'm watching it this time around because she was not featured in that behind the scenes movie on Netflix at all, as far as I remember. No, no, they didn't interview her for the the holiday movie. So it was nice to. It makes me think about how much things have changed with vocal only actors, voice actors, and there was a little bit of this going on in the early 90s where there would be people that were known more for their on-camera work doing Mm -hmm. voice acting. So yeah, we've got Chris Sarandon doing the speaking voice of Jack Skellington because it sounds like um, Danny Elfman recorded everything and they were just like, it's just not working. He's a great singer, but uh, doesn't have the experience or the chops to do the the written thing. So then they call in Chris Sarandon and then Catherine O'Hara from the mm-hmm. get-go was doing the the speaking and the singing for Sally. Yes. And it makes me think about how back in the early 90s and probably before people actually tried to do a different character voice even if they were a celebrity they would because it's not like Catherine O'Hara is just like oh I'm just gonna use my own natural voice she's actually attempting and successfully pulling off right a different voice Sally's voice is a little more wispy I would say than what we're used to for Catherine O'Hara's speaking voice she also though is a woman that can do many different voices as we know from the character of Moira Rose oh please for the end David so um yeah we've got two two comedians and experienced actors doing different voices yeah I was watching on YouTube where there's a few live concerts with Danny Elfman and Catherine O'Hara you know doing the Mm. songs from this film and her in 2013 her in 2016 she still does that character voice so it's it's so interesting to see her as a more mature actress going back to that Sally voice. That's different than all her other characters. It was really cool to watch that. Anyway, we're not talking about behind the scenes anymore. We're talking about in the scenes movie now. Okay. Well, let's do it. Um, If if we must. uh, I was underwhelmed. (laughs) That's my review. Oh no. We can't ever talk anything up to Gretchen because if we do, gosh darn it, she's going to turn around and say it wasn't as good as y'all said. But uh, I would like to know from someone, Richard, is this like one of your favorite movies? Is this something you make a point of of watching every year? No, no. I only um, rented it as a child from Blockbuster and Video Update on Hollywood Video here and there when when it first came out so if it came out in 93 i would say within five years of that release date when it was on vhs tape we probably watched it a handful of times in our household and i was mesmerized by it i liked it but you know that was it now i just remember it from that time and this was the first time in years that i've rewatched it but i will say the music comes up a lot more like through streaming services, like if you're listening to Pandora or Spotify, these songs will come up and I'm still very fond of the sound 
of Nightmare Before Christmas and the Dan Danny Elfman music. So I would say that lasted with me, whereas the film I didn't revisit till today. And I did think it was cute. And it was shorter than I remember, an hour, 16 minutes or something. That was very short for a feature animated film. I when it I thought it was like those closer people to the, to up in San Francisco, it was taking them forever. It was take it's stop motion, Richard. That's just the name of the game. If you're going to do stop motion. Yeah. Remember, remember that. If you want 12 seconds, you take hours. Yeah. That episode of Parks and Rec when um, when he gets laid off. And so he he tries to do a claymation. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, yeah, the, I agree. The music is good. So the song where they're introducing what is halloween town who are all the people the chorus says this is halloween this i mean that yeah it that gets played a lot it's catchy um i like to make fun of it though what's this what's this but that's part of da 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 and that gets used as background music <laughs> for other films or other i mean yeah it's it's catchy there's also a lot of sequences oh, yeah. in the movie throughout where there's no dialogue at all a lot of things are just happening with the underscoring of music right. that has been written by danny elfman so that's something yeah i i totally understand though why when this movie came out in 1993 like it did fine but it was not a hit. I totally get that. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like I I could picture people walking out of the theater in 1993 and saying, well, that was a movie. That was a movie. Yeah, I feel it. And apparently there was talks of like maybe in 99 or 2000, Disney wanted to make a completely computer animated sequel to this film and then tim burton said no 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 no, don't do that which that might in my head have been a mistake too because i lived through the 90s and the 2000s that cgi was not that good so it better to have waited and i think they made a movie called the corpse bride which has a lot of the same feel of nightmare before christmas that is computer animated, I think. No, I think Corpse Ride is also stop motion. Through Tim Burton. Corpse Ride is also stop motion and is also is Tim Burton. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. So that stop motion looks really good. Not to say that this one didn't, but just technology just made it look really... I, I saw clips of it and I was like, wait, is that computer? So I was fooled. <laughs> I I love thinking that somebody who actually was involved in the production of Nightmare Before Christmas is going to hear this podcast and is going to get offended and they're going to be so Hashtag no offense. mad at you. No offense. It was 1993. Technology changes. I don't think that's a controversial statement that mm -hmm. something made in 1993 might not have the most... Uh, tech going for it than something that was made 20 years later so that's mm -hmm. that's fine uh i totally understand though how after this movie did catch on with people again that's fine people like what they like i don't care if people like or dislike nightmare before christmas i totally see though how disney globbed on to really promoting it with merch and 
we've talked about this before the overlay that they do at disneyland on haunted mansion like you were saying it is a really interesting concept is this a movie for halloween or christmas well the people at disneyland were like let's make it both let's do a holiday overlay on haunted mansion that lasts a long time and then we can kind of like milk this and and get more people to come to Disneyland and see this Nightmare Before Christmas. So I would I would like to see that someday. I would love to go to Disneyland to see that treatment. I've seen um, the Haunted Mansion in December of 2010. So it was pretty impressive. But obviously it's been 10 years. But that was a fun time. Um, but also going to Disneyland in December... Just so you all know, it was raining the whole time. And so take that with a grain of salt. So it's a tough time to be at Disneyland. Tough tough time to live in Anaheim, December. Tough time to live in Anaheim. Yeah. I am confused about a couple something else that has to do with Disney promoting it. So Sure. I think it's at both Disney World and Disneyland that they have it's uh, okay, so People who are like obsessed with Disney parks know this, that in addition to the ticket prices at Disney parks being very expensive and they like go up every year, you can also pay an extra fee to go to these after hours parties and they are centered around holidays and even within paying like the extra fee to go to an after hours party at disney there's even different tiers of like you know vip level versus general admission so one of these halloween parties that they have at disney world and possibly at disneyland it's something called like oogie boogie ball or oogie boogie party something like that oogie boogie ball so i didn't know who oogie i mean i knew oogie boogie was from this movie but I didn't know like all of the details. And now that I know who he is and what he stands for and literally what he's made of, I don't understand why Disney parks has named an entire expensive after hours event after him because he's truly the worst. I think he might, well, I guess it's apples and oranges him, him and the, and the mad scientist are both, bad just in different ways uh right but literally he's made of like bugs and wants to murder santa so i don't know why people are like yeah let's have a party named after him and i paid 180 dollars to be here yeah that is very suspect um that would just make me think that marketing liked the look of oogie boogie but they might not have seen the full movie so they didn't know what he was on the inside just the outside, that burlap sack covering all the bugs, making him a different being. Snaps, snaps to that. If there's not a better metaphor for, you know, like the consumerist culture, we're all participating in, whether we like it or not. <laughs> so another fun fact, now that you bring up Disneyland and Haunted Mansion, etc. I didn't know this, but apparently... Um, this is since 01. The overlay is added to Disneyland Park, California, and Tokyo Disneyland. But the Haunted Mansion at Walt Disney World is not rebranded during the holidays. Yeah. So only us West Coasters and J- Japanese 
um, tourists get that thrill. Yes, they do that. Sad. Uh, they don't do the holiday overlay to Disney World parks because Disneyland, and I assume by extension, Tokyo Disneyland, are considered local parks, meaning that it's mostly people who live in the region that go and visit, whereas Walt Disney World Resort is considered to be more of an international tourist destination. And so they don't want to rob anyone who maybe like traveled, you know, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of miles for this like special trip to Disney World. They wouldn't want to rob them of having like the, I guess, neutral Disney World experience. So they do decorate Disney World parks with like Christmas trees and and um like like branches of bunting and that kind of stuff, but they don't do the the overlay on the rides like that, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, there I go. You thought you could outdo me with some Disney Parks trivia and No, you you watch that YouTube channel, so I know you know. And just like uh, an old time tap dancer, I said challenge. Challenge. That's insulting That's to all tap dancers. Please stop mocking my art form. Oh my I I can't get up and mock you on my feet, so I had to do it with my mouth. Ah! You want you want to oh Richard. It's no it's not mockery, it's mimicry because I wish I had the skills of a of a renowned tap dancer, oh. an educated tap dancer, whereas I can just go flippity floppity, flippity flop with my feet, and then everyone's like, Richard, don't do that. Is this because I said the nightmare before Christmas is a movie? Well, I mean to each their own uh i would like to ask you just a couple of questions that i had when i was watching the movie maybe you know the answers maybe you don't okay so at the start of the movie uh it's like it's the it's like halloween's just happened everybody in halloween town is like right in that high they just had a successful halloween so Jack Skellington was the pumpkin guy and then he lit himself on fire and then he transforms like a phoenix into Jack Skellington. Is that accurate? I guess my interpretation of that is for Halloween. He goes major. Oh, his... pumpkin guy was his Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> and then he burned it off of himself. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um... I, now I don't even know. Uh, oh, I think I think somebody called Jack Skellington this, but I was like, I gotta incorporate this into uh, greeting people, Bone Daddy. <laughs> right. I think somebody's like, "Hey, Bone Daddy." I think they're saying that to Jack Skellington in like a hepcat kind of way, but I'm here for it. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's like a very accurate description in what Jack looks like, and it's like a nickname, so go for it. My next random question is, his dog is named Zero. Was his dog named after the actor known for the um, stage productions of Fiddler, Fiddler on, the roof. on the Roof? And also, I think, How to Succeed in Business Without... No, the producers, excuse me. I think Zero Mostel was also... So that's a good theory. 
Yay, yay, nay. Uh, I'm not sure on. I, I I'm gonna say yes because that is a unique, a unique name. Also, if you zoom in on the dog's nose, you'd think it's just like a glowing red nose, but that's actually a little jack lantern on his nose. Yes, Zero Mostel was known for his love of jack lanterns, so that all matches up. It does. It tracks. Okay. And uh, I thought it was interesting that it can be daytime in Halloween Town. Yeah, because that's not something that they really showed us before, like in the behind the scenes movie or anything. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting of like, their town is so into it's Halloween. We live in Halloween Town. Not to be confused with the, the DCOM Halloween Town. Oh, this is the difference. Halloween Town in this movie is two words. Halloween Town in the DCOM is one oh. word, so. So they didn't have to deal with that. Totes different. Yeah, totes opposite. Mm -hmm. And then the three, like, very naughty trick-or-treaters, they wear trick-or-treating masks, but the masks are just their faces. Is that supposed to be funny? I guess it's supposed to be funny. Like, it worked out for them when they went to um, to the Christmas town because when they were trick-or-treating at Santa's doorstep, they were already in costume or whatever. But also I thought Santa is not used to trick-or-treaters because that doesn't happen in his place. So they don't really need a disguise that is their real faces. Yeah. Also, the the mayor has two faces because politicians are usually two-faced. Yes. So that was accurate. Absolutely. That's um, okay. Well, that's everything I wanted to say and ask about the nightmare before yeah. Christmas. I'm glad we could just bounce it off. Thank you for being here as I processed all of my feelings. I'm sorry if I lashed out in a tap dance anger. Anytime. <laughs> um, if I could tap dance, I would tap dance right out of the podcast right now. Well, okay. I'm going to go eat a fun side Snickers to help me modulate my mood sounds good bye everybody goodbye